At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the campfire. The only place where friends and strangers alike sit down and tell tales in truth or fiction in exchange of my blessing of their safe travels. Allow me to relight the fire while you relax and listen. Make your mind wander about the reality we live in. The story I'm about to tell you is from a traveler named, like I did. He called this experience, This is not my home. Please, allow me to tell you his tale. I woke up in the middle of the bed, advantage of being single. I can use all the space that I want. I woke up naturally, without an alarm, only by the white light shining through the thin curtains. Mornings are usually dreadful for the simple fact that one has to wake up and become active, but it wasn't too bad that day. Believe it or not, I even smiled as I slowly moved my body to sit up. And that's when I realized that nothing was right. This was not my home. This was not my bedroom, not my sheets, not my bed. Slowly, memories started trickling back in. I went out last night, decided to finally do the pub crawl we'd been planning for months. There was much drinking, not enough eating, and I do get the occasional blackout at times. Although I did not remember meeting anyone I would have gone home with. No, I did remember walking home with my friend Anne who lives down the street. There is no way I met someone during those two minutes that I walked home alone from Anne's place and decided to go home with them. From what I could tell during that odd moment of waking up was that I wasn't tied up or anything and I didn't feel hurt or particularly odd. Except for my racing heart and my empty brain. I seemed okay, but it might have been due to the adrenaline suddenly rushing through my body. I got up from the wooden bed with the incredibly comfortable mattress. The room I was in was clean and looked nice. Not the place you imagine ending up if you're kidnapped, and honestly I didn't think I was. There was a big forest green chair in the corner of the room with a small table, a gray carpet in front of the bed, and a shelf filled with many different books. It looked cozy and nice, almost the way I might decorate a new bed or guest room. For a second, I wondered if I did go and visit a friend after dropping off Anne. But that was crazy. I slowly made my way to the window. Outside I saw a regular suburban neighborhood. Nice little homes with pretty lawns and cars out front. Though it felt familiar, I didn't remember being here before. Looking down at my body I realized I was wearing the same jeans and shirt I went out in last night. I went through my pockets hoping I would find my phone in them, but all I found were my keys. I shifted my gaze back to the street, 
in a way it was calming looking out there. The sun was shining, the grass on the lawn was incredibly green, and all in all, it appeared like a wonderful day in a pretty neighborhood. This did not look like the place a kidnapper would bring you to, but this also didn't look like a place close to my home. I live in a city. I took a deep breath, calming myself down slightly when I saw the woman on the other side of the street. She looked like she was around the age of 50, and coincidentally, she was also dressed as if she had just come out of the 1950s. Her red hair was blow-dried in that old fashion. She was wearing a sundress and a whimsical apron as she watered some plants on her porch. I suppose after a minute or two she must have felt observed because she abruptly turned her head up and looked right at me. Her expression was stern for a moment, but then she smiled and waved, and for a second I felt slightly safe again. When everything around you seems perfectly normal but inside your head, nothing makes sense It makes you wonder if you're the problem. This place wasn't scary. The gap in my memory was. I took a deep breath and decided to go for the door. Ever since I woke up, I hadn't heard any sounds inside of the house. Maybe I was alone. Maybe I was an intruder, not a captive. I opened the door and saw a flight of stairs in front of me. Wooden stairs that went around in a circle led me down to what I imagined was the living room. There was a big sofa, a TV, a table, all the regular stuff, but also something off. A bunch of picture frames sat on the shelves and were hanging on the walls, but none of them had any photos inside. I decided not to check any other rooms but look for the door leading outside as quickly as I could. Luckily, I didn't have to search long. A living room led to a hallway which brought me to the front door. I hesitated for a second, worrying it might be locked, but I turned the knob and sunlight greeted my face. The woman that I'd seen from the window was still standing on her porch and waved again as she saw me. This time I waved back as I crossed the street to go and talk to her. Wonderful morning, she said as I approached her lawn. Oom, good morning, I said and immediately added. Sorry this might sound weird, but do you know whose house I just came out of? She laughed. That is a very weird question. You were just inside, weren't you? I scratched my head, wondering what to say next. Yes, well you see, I may have had a bit too much to drink last night, ma'am, I chuckled nervously. Oh dear, it appears that you lost your head, doesn't it? She said, but don't you worry, everything's perfectly alright. I suppose you came to visit your friend. Young woman, just around your age. She left early this morning, where to, I'm not sure. And by the way, you can just call me Margie. She nodded her head like an old teacher. A woman my age. That sounded a little more reassuring. Right, okay. Nice to meet you, um, Margie. I'm Tony. Can I ask you another weird question? I paused for a second. Where exactly am I? The woman smiled. Would you like me to call you a cab, dear? Yes, that would be very nice. Thank you. The cab arrived only a few minutes later. My mind was still quite scrambled, so I sat down inside the car and tried to make sense of what happened last night. The cab driver was a middle-aged man with a marvelous mustache. His name was Maury, and apparently, he got there so quickly because he lived in the neighborhood himself. Maury had a warm smile and kind eyes, and finally, I felt far more at ease and only slightly confused. I got drunk, went home with some girl, and now I was acting a bit like an idiot. Did you have a nice time in our boring all suburbs? Maury tried to start some small talk. Yes, I lied. While that neighborhood and the people were all slightly odd, I realized that I was the weirdest of them all. And now I really just wanted to go home. 
Except, and I know this is going to make me sound really shitty. Sorry, really stupid. I don't remember the name of the woman I visited. Margie, I was surprised to see her getting a visitor at such a random time in the year. He answered, No, not Margie. The woman across the street from her. She is around my age. Oh, Caroline, sweet girl. Not many friends, though. Yes, Caroline, that must be her. You don't happen to have her number. Eleven, he promptly answered. No, not her house number. I mean her phone number. No, sorry, but I can give yours to her if you like. He started rummaging through the compartment of the car and grabbed two cards as well as a pen. Here you go. My business card. One you keep in case you need another ride and one you write your number on so I can give it to sweet Caroline. Perfect. Thank you. I didn't think I slept much last night because suddenly I felt incredibly tired and before I knew it. My eyes closed and only opened as we reached my street. The one with my actual home. I'll need to run upstairs real quick and get some cash. I said but before leaving I gave Maury the card with my number on it. I will be right back. Alright buddy, see you soon. When I came back downstairs with my wallet, Maury was gone. And I know this sounds very odd because all during that car ride I'd felt safe. And somehow at ease. But only now as I was back home. I realized something. I'd never given Maury my address. That was the first time I visited Caroline's home and even though I was incredibly confused back then as well. My mind became more and more scrambled. As I write this now, in my regular home in the regular town I live in. I can't seem to understand many of my actions. But when I'm there and around the people, things are different. After that first visit, I waited for a call from Caroline which never came. I'd tried to call the number on Maury's card many times, but I think it was disconnected because the phone wouldn't even ring. And his card had nothing on it but his name and number. Googling them didn't bring me any results either. I asked Dan about that night and she said I'd headed home after dropping her off. Just as I remembered. For a while, I almost tried to make myself believe that it was all a big fever dream. Except I still had that card from the cab driver. Weeks would pass before I ended up in the far too normal neighborhood again. A part of me tried to forget about it altogether. And I think the more days passed, the hazier the memories became. I had to consciously sit down and make myself think about it, which was an odd experience. We normally remember weird occurrences much more vividly except for when our brain tries to make us forget traumatic experiences. Nothing particularly bad had happened during my visit, though. Not yet. When I woke up in Caroline's home again, it felt just the same as the first time. It was morning. The sunlight woke me up. I was dressed in the clothes I wore the night before except this time it was sweatpants and a hoodie. I walked to the window and saw Margie again. This time she was cleaning her windows. And this time I felt far more scared. There was no logical explanation as to how I ended back up here. I had not been drinking the night before. I went to sleep in my own bed after watching some documentary. And I consciously remember checking if my door was locked. Somebody had brought me here. I didn't waste time but went straight for the door. Hello, I shouted but nobody answered. I saw a second door on the same floor as my room, but it was locked, so I went downstairs again. The living room looked almost the same except for one little thing. One of the frames now had a picture inside. It was a selfie of a woman with blonde hair. Caroline, I assume, and somebody else was sitting in the background with eyes closed. 
The photo didn't have the best quality, but I am certain that the other person was me. I grabbed the picture and ran outside. Oh, hello there, Tony. How have you been, darling? Margie asked. I tried to collect myself, but my entire body was shaking. What the hell is this place? Did I fucking die or something? Margie chuckled. No, sweetie, we are all very much alive. I assume you simply came to visit your friend here. She has left again, hasn't she? Always so busy. Let me call Maury for you. No, call the police, please. Margie gave me a sympathetic look. At least that's what I assumed it was. No, honey, no police. Everything is perfectly all right here. But if you want to leave, I will call you a cab where you could come inside and have some lemonade with me. She smiled. I contemplated waiting for that Caroline girl to come back, but my gut told me to get the hell away as fast as I could, so I accepted Margie's offer about the cab. But not about the lemonade. Can you drive me to a police station? Of course, Maury answered, not even questioning my request. How do I keep ending up here? I asked. Maury didn't answer. While talking, I kept looking out the window, trying to memorize the surroundings tried to figure out how I could come back here with the cops. However, I pretty much forgot about it at the moment. Who is Caroline and why do I never see her? Again, no answer. You stole her picture. Maury finally asked. This time I decided not to answer. Despite me being skeptical, he did actually drive me to a police station. I got out of the car and walked up to Maury's window. Can you come inside with me? Drive us back to the neighborhood. I asked. I'm sorry, I can only drive you away. Not back. You always come by yourself. What? I don't even know where that place is. I shouted. I will see you again soon, he said, and before I could do anything, he was already driving off. The police were no help at all. Even with the picture I had in Maury's card, they simply laughed at me. I mean, my story did sound weird, but it was all true. They kept luring me into that place, and I didn't understand how. So I figured I needed more evidence. Show them that they were taking me, which is why I set up a camera. This time only two weeks passed before I woke up in the other home again. But this time I wasn't woken up by sunlight. It was dark when I opened my eyes and it took a moment for me to realize I wasn't in my own bed. Again. I shot up again, cold sweats running down my back. And my hands were shaking. And that's when I saw her for the first time. A woman sitting on the green chair, which in this light looked more black than green. I recognized her blonde hair, but other than that she didn't resemble the woman in the photo very much. Her skin was like porcelain, not the color but the texture. Skin that looked as if it could break any minute and when she got up and walked towards me, I realized that parts of it were glued together. The hair was glued on as well. Her mannerisms and her looks appeared as if she was trying to mimic what a human would look like. W.H. I tried to speak but swallowed my words. You are awake, my friend. The voice spoke but her mouth hardly moved. We were not meant to meet just yet. I am not ready, she giggled, but at least it is dark. My breathing got more intense. If only I could bring myself to move, I could probably take her. I mean, I could probably even break her but my body wouldn't move. Why am I here? I finally said, because every person needs a friend. She tilted her head and looked at me as if I was the one out of place. Now go back to sleep. Everything is perfectly all right, my dear. She was standing right next to me now and caressed my face with her long nails. The next day I woke up in the same bed, without Caroline but with scratch marks on my face. I went to the window again, 
this time Margie was painting her walls. I almost went downstairs to talk to her again until I saw the other person. Inside of her home, behind a window stood a man. A little bit younger than her probably, but not much. Our eyes met and his eyes looked just like mine. Full of fear, I ran downstairs and right towards the front door, ignoring the new photos in the frames. As always, Caroline was nowhere to be found, but I was thankful for that. I crossed the street and shouted, who is that inside your house? Tony, dear, you've become quite rude. That is my brother. He is visiting for a year. Can I talk to him? She smiled, but it didn't look sincere. Not yet, but when you come to live here for good, we'd love to have you over. I turned around and went back to the house. I tried to look for clues, anything really, about what this place is and what those people are, but all I found were furniture. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. <sighs> Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And decorations that looked as if Caroline was creating a home for the two of us. In the kitchen, there were two of everything. Cups, plates, chairs for the dining table. Same in the bathroom, two toothbrushes, hair combs, towels. She was preparing. I almost ran outside again until I found a telephone. It was an old one with a cord and everything. I immediately tried to call the police, but it wouldn't ring. I couldn't call any friends because I didn't know their numbers by heart. I did, however, memorize Maury's number. Just in case. And of course, he picked up. Can you bring me home? Why do I keep ending up here? Please just fucking tell me. Maury, please. I begged. He hesitated, as always, but to my surprise, he finally spoke. I can't say why she chose you or how she found you. Only that she looked for a friend and that friend is now you. What about that man in Margie's house? Her brother. Dear Margie has her very own way of finding visitors. Some family tradition. You see everyone in the neighborhood has their own ways of doing things. He said, leaving me with even more questions. What do I do? I asked, voice full of desperation. From my experience, there is not much you can do. All I know is that I drive you home, but in time, that home will not be the one you used to know. My head was aching, my body felt empty, but I was back in my own bedroom again. I already bought a plane ticket to go to my sister's. Far away, hoping that will help. Inside, however, I know that it won't. Especially after I looked at the camera footage. Nobody ever came here to take me. I got up and left on my own. I don't know how, but they are slowly taking over my thoughts and actions. And soon everything will be perfectly alright. Now, that was the end of my tale. I hope you enjoyed yourself, listening while escaping the world you live in. That is all for today. Safe travels, and a blessed day. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. 
by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.